Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Create Strength. I hope everyone had an amazing holidays and I hope that you got to make the most of it despite everything that's happening with COVID. I'm kicking off 2021 with a huge bang and starting with something that I don't think has ever been done on a live platform. Blaze Kennedy joins me today to help run me through a real life in-person professional session. I'm proving today that it's okay to seek professional help. It doesn't make you any less strong and ultimately it makes you even stronger for seeking professional help. There's so many benefits to seeking professional help and it's something that I will always stand by and something that I harp on every single podcast. Hope everyone enjoys and I hope that you can walk through some of these sessions and see what it's actually like to experience professional help. Thanks so much and I hope that you enjoy this once in a lifetime podcast. Also this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada. They represent nature by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and health, both physical and mental. They've recently decided to join my mental health movement and donate 5% of profits from every item of clothing towards mental health awareness. Also, we have collaborated and created a Struggle Create Strength t-shirt, which has 100% of profits going towards mental health awareness. Go to raincoastclothing.com and help support mental health while getting yourself some great clothes. I hope you enjoy this once in a lifetime podcast and see that it's okay to seek professional help. Hi, how's it going? Well, how are you? Good. I'm doing very good. Obviously, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. This is going to be one that I'm super excited for. And I know it's definitely different than the rest of them that I've kind of done, but it's going to be something new and it's definitely going to shine a light on obviously professional help and basically just give people a different insight on it all. So I'm super excited for this one and I'm just excited for how it's all going to go. Um, but kind of first and foremost, did you want to actually give us a little bit of a rundown of who, kind of who you are and what you actually basically do for a profession? Sure. Uh, my name is Blaze. I live in, uh, interior of BC <clears throat> and I um, I teach people really two things people come to me for two reasons one uh, which is what we're going to focus on today is because they have problems um, usually patterns of behavior thought motion which feel they feel are holding them back either the, the pattern is really difficult like they have anxiety uh, or that they have a sense that uh, they could have a better relationship or a better career or be better at doing themselves, being them, if they were to do some work, if they were to make some changes. Um, the other thing I do is I help people <clears throat> who are on, you could say more of a, a spiritual search, who's, they're not so interested in their problems specifically. They want to understand life or consciousness or um, have a spiritual life, which is rich mm-hmm. and help people with those things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's spectacular. And I know that's one of the things why I'm super excited for this is um, because I think there's so many different ways that people can kind of help themselves. And there's a lot of ways that people don't necessarily think of or aren't educated on. And this is definitely one of them. I know that within mental health, I think a top, like a kind of a topic that's talked about a lot is, oh yeah, you can can go get medication for it. You can basically do all these 
different things um, that are technically like prescribed to you. And, but the thing that's cool with you is that it basically veers away from that and it's kind of build taking it all from within and actually figuring out what's going to work for you and seeing that there's different ways to actually help yourself and benefit yourself and kind of get your mental health to a state where you actually want it. And even like you said, going to the spiritual, the spiritual way as well. And um, I think there's just, there's so many different ways to look at it. And that's why I'm, again, I'm super excited. I think I've said that about six times, but um, it's, it's exciting. And, um, but before we actually kind of get into the session aspect of it, did you want to kind of tell everyone how you actually got into this field of work and mm-hmm. what, what obviously pushed you, pushed you into this career? Well, yeah, yes, it's really important. And to follow up on what you said, there are, there are different approaches to treatment. There's different ideas as to what the way forward is. Mm-hmm. And when I was a young person, I had a lot of Uh, challenges and I couldn't really identify where they came from or what they were I just sort of thought there was something wrong with me and I you know I my family and I we we would we would toss labels around maybe I have this maybe I have that maybe I'm I never really got a test but there was more of a focus on just being different generally the approach was I I just kind of want that stuff to go away Mm -hmm. so that I can deal with my life And not that that's all that medication does, but I think there's an approach where people say, you know, it's my mental health is like having a cold. If I can take something or get over my cold, then I can return to my normal life. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was really hoping that would happen for me for a long time when I was a teenager, Um, but it didn't, it didn't, I I wasn't able to overcome myself. And, uh, so I, I had a lot, I had problems that manifested as being a drug addict. Eventually I had a lot of problems with drugs. And I, I couldn't get my life together. So what's offered when you're a drug addict, there's no pill. There's no uh, quick fix. What they say is they say, if you're a drug addict, this is, uh, there's no way around this. You have to go on a journey of self-discovery mm-hmm. forever. That's the only way. They don't offer a medication for addiction. Mm-hmm. So they presented me, I was presented with the choices look, you can learn to come to understand yourself, to have a different kind of relationship with your thoughts and feelings with yourself. And you can use that as, um, it can be an avenue to just creating a rich life as well. It's not just about not using drugs, but also as a way to grow, to be a happier and healthier person. Mm -hmm. And as that was presented to me, I got really into it. I I really enjoyed the adventure of self-discovery. In fact, the addiction stopped really being the problem. I wasn't actively using. The problem became more, um, well, I would say actually it was less a problem and more just a desire to go further. Mm-hmm. I had a taste of well-being and, and this, what I would call self-discovery. And I just wanted to know, well, how, how much of that can you take and where would that lead you? Mm-hmm. So what I offer is a kind of a path to self-discovery. It will help you with your symptoms or mm-hmm. treat what you're coming for. But I think that most of the time, the problems that we come for are really, they're like the first door. Mm-hmm. Nobody, you know, nobody's really going to be satisfied when they just get to that next level. They want more. They tend to want more. And so I'm teaching a way 
to grow, um, you could say mentally and emotionally, you could say spiritually forever for the rest of your life. And to be able to do this at the same time that you're just living your life ordinarily, it's like adding another level to your life. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, so I got really into it. I got, I wanted to find out who the best people were at this. And I found some people who were, who had levels of well-being which I didn't recognize. They just, they just were clearly in a really good place. And I said that I wanted that. So I, I did what they told me. I did, I really seriously took it on. And at the same time that I lived my life, I got married, I have two children, I had a career, I did all these things, but there was this other level and kind of in the happening at the same time of, of learning how to grow learning how to grow up, how to mature, how to, how to benefit from the sort of mental, emotional challenges of life, how to grow through them. And um, at some point I became a, I decided to be trained as a therapist and I'm trained as what's called a relational somatic therapist. And when we do a session today together, we are going to, I'm going to display some of the techniques or the approach that somatic therapy has to um, understanding where our problems come from and creating resolution. <clears throat> so I, when I was trained as that, I started working with people in my world and that is built to the private practice that I have today. Um, but again, I, I love helping people with the issues that they have, but really the issue for me, the issues are just a way to gain, to gain the skill, to gain the skill that you can use forever. Um, whereas a medication or a, when we think about just trying to get rid of our problems, we're not really focused on sort of a, a skill set or a way of perceiving life that we can benefit from for forever. But um, to me, that's the more rich part. Yeah. But you, nobody knows that that skill set exists until they actually see it work for them. Yeah. It's pretty abstract until you're anxious and then suddenly you're not, or you have this repetitive problem and then you don't. And you go, wow, that. That's great. It's very empowering. So it's actually that through the process of being empowered mm -hmm. that um, people tend to want more of it. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. And even, I know I told you a little bit about this before, but for me, one of the things that I always hated was medication and just the way that it made me feel. It just wasn't, I knew it wasn't for me. Like I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like the thought of taking something to basically numb all the feelings that I'm having. Like I wanted mm -hmm. to actually improve myself. And that's why, again, I'm just, I'm super excited to do this and do this session because for me, I think, and like just for myself anyways, natural growth is so important and basically getting over some of these obstacles, just all like with you and with basically all the techniques that you have, I think that's going to be awesome. And that's what I'm super excited for. It's basically my version of a medication mm -hmm. and something that I can take into my everyday life. And I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. And you're, again, I just want to uh, support that you are taking a risk just launching this podcast in generally, but also in having a session in front of people. I think it's wonderful. I think that again, when I was growing up, nobody talked about there were no sort of solutions or people really exploring what you're calling mental health or their well-being. 
And that's why for me, so long, my problems were, I was really unconscious to them. I really didn't consider them. I was always trying to move on from them. And so <clears throat> I think it's wonderful that you as a young man are, are getting out there. So I'm excited to be here too. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay. I mean, if you're ready, I'm, I'm ready to do this session. Okay. So what, what we, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use, um, in part, I may just talk about principles. So part of this is going to be actually doing, looking at your, um, whatever issues you'd like to bring up if you, if they do come up, but part of it is just the experience of getting familiar with, um, this kind of work. I mean, before, um, so I went to a, just to, to back up a bit, I went to a therapist. I got put on medication when I was a kid. I went to a doctor and I said I was depressed. I walked out with a prescription. They also sent me to counseling, which is the responsible thing to do. And I remember I talked to a counselor for like two sessions. I just talked and I talked and I talked. And at the end, he said to me, you know, Blaze, you're a really thoughtful young man. I don't think that there's anything I can do to help you. At least that's how I remember it now. I'm not exactly sure if that's what he said. <clears throat> <clears throat> but I was really discouraged by that. I like, like it was, it's a dead end. It's a dead end to just say the things that you've known before to tell your story and find it not really go anywhere. You're just left with your story again. So somatic therapy um, as an approach, what it is really designed to do is to come to, come to know more. We're not just repeating, we're not gonna be just repeating the same things that we've known before. Not that there's no benefit in that, but we're gonna be looking to discover new information. And why that's particularly important is because somatic therapy it looks to address trauma. <clears throat> and trauma is any experience that we have in the past that was overwhelming for us that we weren't able to stay with. That's a pretty broad definition. It could be almost any life experience in our, up until this very moment, which was more than we could tolerate. And what happens is if children have, or adults, anybody has a feeling, an experience um, that's too much, usually it's called too much, too soon, too fast, overwhelming experience. What happens is, is that they actually leave the experience. They, they, the, the body is very intelligent. <clears throat> Our conscious awareness will leave the experience that's overwhelming and like an ejection seat. And the energy will actually remain in our body stuck waiting for us to come back and complete the experience. But what, what that means is that we don't actually know. We actually can't feel our trauma because of this life-saving mechanism <clears throat> that allows us to get away from things that are overwhelming. So if, if we just go to a counselor and we just talk mentally and we're just really in our head, then we only say things that we already know. We usually talk about the symptoms of our trauma, but we don't actually create uh, completion. We don't necessarily create resolution. That's actually more of an emotional or a body process. And the word somatic means is really to feel our bodies from the inside. Mm -hmm. So the worldview of a somatic therapist is that most of our challenges that we experience in mental health or in our emotional health are results of sort of a kind of inner turbulence from leftover 
uncomplete experiences. <clears throat> so for me, when I was uh, 12 years old, my, my father died. This is a, just a tremendous, important life event. It's a very big deal. And I had no, and, and the people around me had no concept of, of processing or completing this experience. So I did the very bare minimum to, to like face it. I did as little as possible because my, it was overwhelming. Of course, I don't want to keep going there. I was, my mom asked me if I wanted to do counseling and I said, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to feel that. But what that left me with is there was a lot of unprocessed emotion in my body. And when I went to treatment, when I was like 12 years later, all those memories and all those feelings were waiting for me. All I had to do was come back to it. I was really guided to do this because it was clear to the people in treatment that I had some leftover experiences to process. As I was guided back here, I was shocked by how much emotion and how much um, access I had to that experience. Like, like no time had passed at all. 12 years may have passed in my life, but emotionally and in my body, it was like nothing had happened. And so this really is a different view on how we can become healthy is to really revisit experiences in the body. And they don't all have to be as big as um, having your parent die, but the, the range in which um, somatic therapy or what we're going to do today could be applied. The range of intensity of experiences could be from um, generally feeling alone in the world to the most horrific things that have happened to people. It's used to treat the whole spectrum of intense or overwhelming human experiences. Mm -hmm. And the idea is if we can kind of start to unpack these, if we can start to reduce the amount that we're carrying, mm -hmm. then we will be more available to live our life now. Mm -hmm. You can think about like a computer. Um, if I never closed any of the windows in my computer, I just kept opening new programs. My computer's processing speed would drop a lot. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't know, I'd wonder, well, what's, what's wrong with my computer? But it was just a bunch of programs running in the background. So we can think about that in terms of our own inner landscape is we're learning how to free up processing space so that we can live our future. So we don't have to keep recreating our past or seeing our past or being wounded from the past, but we can actually live our potential. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> I think that's something that is not necessarily talked about enough is that how basically like any any little traumatic experience or something that you might not even basically portray as traumatic but yeah. something that's happened in your life how it can affect basically where you are now and it, I mean it could be something that happened years and years ago but it might have shaped your life all like all <clears throat> growing up and all the way to where somebody is now and I think that's why this is so neat is because it kind of, it targets into some of those, so some of those things that might've happened in the, like in the far past or something that's happened recently. And maybe you just push it under the rug and never really even bat an eye at it. But right. I think it's important to kind of target in on some of those traumatic experiences or just some experiences that affect basically your mood or yeah. just affect your mental health and, in general, but 
I think the reason that we are, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think the reason that we're just learning about this now, as you say, you called it pushing it under the rug is that the body does it like our, our whole system, our whole nervous system and uh, mental and emotional world. There's a wonderful job of moving on and doing the best that it can. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've gone as human beings a tremendous way without learning how to process trauma, really culturally. We've, our body does a really wonderful job of picking up the sort of pieces and doing the best with what's left. And so for a lot of people, their lives are, even if they have trauma that they don't know about, their lives remain functional and um, they can get married and do all the things that they want. I just wasn't able to do that. And for many of your listeners, um, it may be the same. You, you, people usually come to me because they feel stuck. <clears throat> but st- feeling stuck or not, um, we all have a lot to benefit by just um, letting go of what we're holding on to mm-hmm. so that we can be more available for our life. Yeah, exactly. And that's ultimately what, like where I'm at too, is that's basically one of the biggest things and why I keep explaining how excited I am is because I know for for me in my life, even right now, like there's a lot of times when I feel stuck or I feel like I need to move past certain things, but I just don't know essentially how, or I don't know what needs to happen in order to get me exactly where I want to be. And yeah, I think, and that's just the factor of it too, is like, I'm not fully educated and I don't have all these tools to know where I should go, what I should do, what's going to work best for me. And yeah, but well, we can start with talking about some of the principles when you say, I don't know how to do this. Um, so in the world, if I want to change something, like um, if it snows and I have to plow my driveway, I want to get something done. I use force. Mm-hmm. I contract my muscles. I use force. I work. If I have to build a house, I swing a hammer. If I need to cook, I focus and I concentrate. So in the world that we know, like the physical world where we do stuff, we use our ability to contract and focus to get things done. In, in consciousness, but also in you know, our body, it's actually the opposite. Work is done by relaxing. And, but unless you really know this, you, people I find tend to try to apply force to themselves to get them to change. <clears throat> and a good example of that is say, I should know better. I shouldn't do that. I should being hard on yourself about the things you do using some kind of discipline to try and change the way that you are. And those work to some degree, but they don't create relaxation. Mm -hmm. So it takes people a while to really learn, to come to understand that when it comes to our experience of ourselves, that relaxation is the most productive. It is work. It's the thing that we can do to create change. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everything we do that's productive in our world is based on concentration, focus, repetition. You know, that's how we learn skills. That's what we do in school. So we don't really have this skill. We don't have this. Um, we're not connected to this ability. So before we actually even look at the experience of being stuck, mm-hmm. if we if we want to get unstuck, I mean, stuck could you could describe stuck as being like feels more or looks like a closed fist. Mm -hmm. So if our intention is to open that up, I think we're going to start today 
by just looking at how you can relax. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for a lot of people, this is, uh, this might, we're going to do a little exercise. We can call this like a warm up, a stretch. We're going to do a stretching activity. <clears throat> and for a lot of people, this might not be obvious or clear what we're doing, but I, I suggest that everyone will get this over time. So if it's interesting to you, I encourage you to just stick with it. So what we're going to be doing is relaxing our perspective, our awareness. And usually when we um, are engaged and we're participating in something, we are, again, we're focusing our awareness in a certain kind of way. Like if I read a book, I have to concentrate my eyes to read the words on the page. Mm -hmm. That's again, how I engage. But in this kind of work, we really want to learn how to relax our perspective. So we're going to be doing an exercise to practice that. So I would say your experience, everyone's experience consists of five things. You're seeing, you're hearing, you're thinking, you're feeling emotions, and you're feeling body sensations. That's your whole life. That's what you're, when we say I'm alive or I'm connected to my life, that's it. You also taste and uh, smell, but we'll leave those aside. So we're going to learn how to relax about all of those things. We're going to learn how to relax in, no matter what we see or hear or feel or taste or touch. So if you just start, you can just name some of the things that you see in your room. Just start with our vision. Light, my laptop, computer, fireplace, couch, cupboards, uh, hockey jersey. Great. So if your awareness or your consciousness was a flashlight, it's like you're shining your flashlight from one object to another, mm -hmm. right? This is really typical. We just, we just move from one object to another. But we're going to do something different today. Instead of flashing our flashlight on things, we're going to look at the capacity to be aware. Mm -hmm. Instead of looking at the things we're aware of, we're going to learn to turn our attention back to the experience of being aware. And this is a big part of relaxation. So I'll guide you through this. And if anybody's listening, or as you're listening, I encourage you to follow along. So I see things. I'm aware of the things that I see mm -hmm. and more and more, I let the things that I see go out of focus and more and more I'm connected to the experience of being aware. So when I start, I'm looking at things. I'm, I'm looking for stuff to see. And as I relax more and more, I'm just noticing that I have this capacity to be aware. Mm -hmm. And as you do this, what, what do you notice happens to you? Almost like I feel, I just feel like I'm taking a step back and like, I'm, I'm just more so present, if you will. Like I'm not like so dialed in on everything that's around. It. It's more so like I can basically just see everything and I'm not right. so focused in on just one thing. Right. Great. And so as you take a step back, we could say that your focus opens. Mm -hmm. Your focus was more closed when you were concentrating. And now your focus is more open. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Or we could say that your awareness has relaxed. Great. And if we do the same thing with your hearing, again, you can, you can name the things that you can hear. I hear a fan. And then the little ringing, not a ringing, but just a little, almost like a little buzz from basically pure silence. Yeah, but it's something that's going on inside my, in my ears. Great. <clears throat> so and you can hear my voice when I speak and we do the same thing I'm hearing sounds I'm aware of them you have to have awareness to hear things and I turn my attention to the experience of being aware mm -hmm. and my question is how is awareness different from the sounds that you hear is awareness a sound no I would no i it's, I would say it's like more so of a feeling. It's a feeling. Is it a, is, would you say that it's a relaxed or quiet or simple feeling? Yeah. Great. So what I teach, and this isn't, not every somatic therapist teaches this. Mm. Um, this actually comes out of meditation and Eastern spiritual traditions but that awareness is actually a place that we can go. Awareness is a place that we go and has qualities. And more and more we can start to recognize these qualities. The first is as quiet. It's a quiet place. Second, we notice is that it's, it seems like we're stepping back. There's more of a sense of space from what we're aware of. Mm -hmm. And you also pointed out that your, it creates a sense of openness, a sense of a relaxation of focus. Mm -hmm. So if we keep going, we can say that you also are having a mental experience, having thoughts. And again, we can shine our flashlight and it's like we're only interested in our thoughts right now. We're connecting to them. Mm -hmm. And we do the same thing. I have thoughts. I'm aware of my thoughts and I turn my attention on the experience of being aware. And again, we notice awareness is not a thought. Mm -hmm. How would you describe it? I would, again, it's like, it's just a feeling of, it's almost for me anyways, it feels like it almost not that I'm like pushing things under the rug, like I said before, but it's, it almost feels like you're just, you're stepping over those, those things that are in the way and you're, you're just more so being in the present rather than thinking about everything that can happen, everything that has happened, everything that could potentially happen. And you just actually, become aware i mean we're talking about awareness but right you can definitely describe awareness as the experience of being aware so it's wonderful again we've stepped back there's more space mm -hmm. and i'm i'm disconnected from that kind of train of constant thinking there is more space which we could also call there's perspective i have some perspective on my thoughts i'm not just in my thoughts 
I'm not just absorbed in them. There is enough space that I'm sitting back and I get to observe them. And you said that there's this movement of thought. My next question is, is awareness moving? That's a, that's a tough one. I would say, yeah. And the reason why I say that is because, or I guess it's different, but the reason why I say that is because my awareness is moving from my, basically from my thoughts, my sight and my smell mm -hmm. so It's moving between kind of right. all three. That's true. It is moving that way. And as we relax, as we learn to relax more, less and less it will be like moving a small flashlight and more and more like you put a candle in a room and everything's illuminated and you're just kind of checking the stuff out. Mm -hmm. Can you see the difference? Yeah. Okay. So that's that ability, that skill to be able to see many things at once, mm -hmm. to see your whole experience is really, really important. Um, but if we do the same thing, we just notice we can feel our body as a physical object. I can feel my feet. I can feel my hands, my arms, my legs, my torso. Mm -hmm. And just like I can notice thoughts or sounds, I can become aware of my sensations that I feel, how my body feels. Mm -hmm. And so I feel my body. I'm aware of my body. Again, I couldn't have a body experience without awareness. And I turn my attention to the experience of being aware. And what's the difference between a body sensation and awareness? How do they feel different? That's, that's tough. Um, I would say I, when I'm thinking, like when I think about my body, I definitely just feel like all the, maybe some of my aches and pains that I have, or just the way that I'm sitting, like I just feel that. But when I'm being aware, it's, it's more so like I almost feel like actually connected with myself, if that makes sense. And I just feel like my whole body's one rather than targeting like one, like different spots on my body. It's like you feel your entire body. Wonderful. <clears throat> and when you say connected to yourself, I, I think what I hear you saying is that when you actually relax, you move closer to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like when we're watching TV or something like that, and we're just like, we have our head in the screen. And then when we back up, we kind of reconnect with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Amazing that the same thing can happen with our body. Actually, if we kind of back up with our body, there's more of a sense of being connected to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So now we can have, begin to have, there's two kind of experiences. One is the things that I'm aware of, and the other is this place that I go where I'm more connected to myself. And we might even feel those as being a little bit different. The place where I feel, where I back up into, that's, that's quiet, that feels more safe or peaceful, is not my body. It's not my pain. It's not my emotions. It's not my discomfort. It's a relief from that pain. Mm -hmm. And just as you said, I'm not sweeping anything up the rug. I don't have to actually, again, with trauma, the idea is that when things are overwhelming, people have to leave their body, become unconscious to their body. But it's not like, just as you described, it's not like we stop feeling our body. Mm -hmm. We just have more of a sense of space. Yeah. Perspective. Okay. 
So this ability to relax, what we'll go from here is it really doesn't matter what you bring up in terms of in our session today, um, but we're going to learn how to use this ability to be aware and our ability to feel to create uh, transformation, to create a difference in exp um, different experience. And we'll start if we just imagine um, we started before and you felt however you felt, you felt excited and your, your experience was whatever it is. If we check in now, how would you say you feel now? What stands out about your experience now? Definitely very focused in on, on what's kind of happening and uh, still obviously like eager to continue, um, but also more, a lot more relaxed. Like I was, I think at the start, like, and I think this is something when you get excited, you get super like tense and you start basically moving at a million miles an hour. Yeah. But now that like after doing those kind of some, like some of those um, techniques and just some of those brain or like basically just focusing in on awareness, I definitely just, I feel more relaxed and I just like very present in the moment and just very calm. <laughs> Great, and I wanna highlight something for you. When we talk about relaxation, another way we can describe it is that it slows us down, is that we have energy in our body, excitement, even if it's pleasant or whatever it is, it's moving very quickly. And as we add more of this experience of awareness, our whole system slows down. Mm -hmm. Because I would say, and you listeners can find it yourself, is that awareness is going like timelessly slow. Mm -hmm. Not in a hurry. And when I listen to awareness, when I'm aware of these equalities, it starts to affect my body and my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm being affected by my connection to awareness or my connection to myself. It's having an impact on my body. It's already creating change. We haven't even talked about any experiences that are challenging we've talked about our challenges but even though we just connect to awareness it's already creating a change in my state mm -hmm. so in the world that we normally know i have to do something to create a change right i have to like i don't know if i clean my room for example then i feel more relaxed right if i if i finally call that person i was supposed to call then i get more relaxation we haven't really done anything in the way we normally think. All we've done is shift our, the place that we experience our life from. Mm -hmm. We didn't try to get rid of our excitement or we didn't set a goal to be less excited or we didn't set a goal to slow down. All of that happened naturally. And this ability to, for, for relaxation, again, to be what creates change is, is the fundamental principle of of somatic therapy and healing and this kind of change. So I just want to offer you that from here, mm -hmm. just like we've done a little warm up, just see what elements of your experience stand out to you. And we can begin to sort of dialogue more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think thus far the biggest thing that has stood out to me and I'd like throughout the rest of it, I'll definitely keep that um, 
keep that in the back of my mind and think about it um, as we continue. But I think so far the biggest thing um, is definitely the sight, basically seeing awareness um, and just being more aware with my sight because I know that it happens on a regular basis as well, but I'm always so focused on what's right in front of my face. I don't really, I mean, it's the same as um, that, basically that saying, like uh, nobody really stops to smell the roses. Everyone just wants to get there. And I think that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at is I'm usually very focused in on exactly what I'm doing and kind of taking that step back and, actually just acknowledging everything that's around me and just being right. very present in the moment. Right. And what's, what's wonderful about that is you started, you had an intention, you were going to really show up for this podcast and interview me and have this session. Now that you've relaxed, would you say you're, you're going to be better or, or have you lost something? Are you going to be better at what you're going to do? Yeah. I would say a hundred percent. I'm just, I, yeah, just, I just feel like when I'm more relaxed, it's a lot easier for me to, to talk. It's a lot easier just to, when I'm natural and myself, it, things just kind of flow a little better. And you can still see and do the thing that's right in front of you. Yeah, exactly. When we think of relaxation, a lot of the time it means like I like sit on the couch and I don't do anything or I, I go and I have a bath and I have candles and I like close my eyes. I have to like leave my life to relax. Relaxation is something I do when I've finished everything. But what that really means is you relax like five minutes a day at the end of your day or something like yeah. that. What I'm talking about is a way in your, what you're feeling is a way to just be relaxed now and then to just like live your life from there. Mm-hmm. Because you could, from this state, you could do anything, couldn't you? Yeah, 100%. You do all the things that you, you normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would just be more open and you would be connected to more and enjoying it more present to it while you did it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to having a session and, and talking about, when I tell you about my story, when I tell you about how people come to me, you mentioned a little bit that you were stuck. Is there any element of your experience that you want to share a little bit? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, obviously I've had all my mental health struggles in the past and gone through a lot of different things that have impacted my life in different ways, but at this given time, something that honestly, like I feel a bit better about it now, but about a month ago for, honestly, it was probably for the the span of a month. I, every single day I just felt I almost felt like super lost. I just didn't know kind of what I was doing. Like I would just do the exact same thing every single day and I was following this routine. And although I was doing this podcast, which I'm very, very passionate about and the topic is something that I love to death to talk about, but I just, every single day, I just felt like a broken record. I felt like I was doing the exact same thing. I felt like I was feeling the exact same way there was nothing that was really bringing, um, bringing a super, like basically just a large amount of happiness. It was just kind of like the happiness that I would feel I felt a million other times. So it didn't really, and didn't really acknowledge it all that much. And mm-hmm. there was just so many days where 
I was like, what, like, why do I feel this way? Why, like, why can't I just be happy? Why can't I just embrace what I'm actually doing? And, and then there is also times when I just, there's been times when I've just kind of like sat back and just felt like, I don't know what I need to do with my life to fix it because I I'm doing a lot of good things in my life, but I don't feel, I don't feel satisfied and I don't feel overly happy with what I am doing and it, which is bizarre, but. Oh, this is wonderful. I really appreciate you saying that. And if you just pause and I say it back to you, say, even though I'm doing all these wonderful things, I don't feel satisfied. My question is, as you say that and you hear this, what do you, what do you actually feel in your body when you say, I don't feel satisfied? It's like, it's not anxiety, but it's just, it's almost like sickening to some extent, yeah. just because like, I know what I do on a regular basis. And I know how, like, I've had people reach out to me and say like incredible things and basically say that I've help save their life and like that is the most humbling thing to me so when i say that i felt i felt stuck or and i felt like i'm not fully satisfied it almost makes me feel bad guy in this culprit of all mess because that is it's do you you feel it in like your throat and in your chest yeah and my stomach especially yeah okay wonderful so as much as we can just feel this right now we just let it happen. Mm-hmm. Your body is expressing itself. It's telling us, it's giving us really important information. We're not going to try to get over it or fix it. All we're going to do is we're just going to step back as we feel this and just become more aware of the experience of being aware. So it's like we're witnessing it. Mm-hmm. Just what do you notice what happens as you do that? It almost feels like it went from it went from like this and then it just goes like it just basically made me sit back and it almost felt like everything like it felt like my chest and my stomach and everything was so tight. Now it just feels like it all basically right. opened up and now I'm now I'm back to back to being in this state of awareness. Right. And so if it started with, I don't feel satisfied, or even though I'm doing all this great stuff, I don't feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about that now from here? I think I just, I think the biggest thing is I need to just stay a lot, or I guess, honestly, like take more credit for what I'm actually, for some of the things that I do. Cause I think, I've always, I mean, I've always been um, a very humble person and that's not kind of the state that I'm um, explaining here, but I think I need to definitely show myself more appreciation for the things that I actually do and just realize what I am doing Yeah. and just fully basically just take that step back and look at where it was before and where I was before, and then basically look at where I am now and what I've done and the time and effort that I've put in and actually be proud of what I've accomplished rather than always overthinking things or just basically 
belittling, belittling everything that I have done. Right. That's beautiful. And we didn't even have to become more satisfied. We didn't have to prove to ourselves. We didn't have to do something. We'd have to work harder. We just relaxed about it. And then it relaxed. And now we're just more able to have a positive experience with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you didn't, you didn't decide, you didn't go, well, I'm going to run a marathon. I'll really <laughs> prove to life that I can do it. No, all you did is relax. Mm-hmm. And what I would say, as I listened to is in the areas where we were, were tracking, I start to notice, I actually feel like hunger. I feel like motivation. Mm-hmm. It's actually a positive thing. It's actually that I have a drive to be satisfied. I have a drive to explore. Mm-hmm. Would you say that feels like that for you? 100%. Yeah. Okay. So when, it, when the energy was contracted, when the experience in our body was contracted, we had a lack or a scarcity. I don't have enough satisfaction. In it, when we opened it up, now it's I have drive and motivation to be satisfied, to explore, to really go in life. Mm-hmm. So we took a negative and we turn it into a positive just by being relaxed about it. Yeah, that's it's kind of crazy. (laughs) We didn't have to tell ourselves that we should be grateful or motivated. We'd have to think about it at all. Mm -hmm. We could say that the way we experienced our bodies and our emotions actually created change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, that's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of it's weird, but I mean, because I've I've never personally really looked at it like that before. I've never yeah, taken any of that into account, really. Yeah, neither did I. Otherwise, I would have started a lot earlier in my life. If I really knew that that was possible, I would have gotten started a lot earlier. But I was always trying to overcome when I felt tight or negative. I was trying to do something that would stop that feeling from happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in this way, I don't really even need the feeling to stop happening. I just give it some time and space. Mm-hmm. If I give it awareness, it's really like I give it all the time and space. Yeah. Just being aware feels like I have all the time and space in the world for this. So we just see what's the next thing. Now that you're here, now what stands out for you? I don't know what do you want to look at or share about. Um, I think one thing that's one thing that's always not always, but something for me was I always had my life planned out to a T. Mm. And I had basically the remainder of my life all figured out at, I mean, at several different points, I thought that I had that. And, um, but one of those was I was in a relationship for a really long time and we had everything planned out. Like it was our exact plan. Like this, this is when this is going to happen. This is when this is going to happen. This is where we're going to live. This is where, Like it was just, everything was planned out. And I think now, because it's like no longer and it hasn't been for a while, but just there's a lot of times again, when I almost, I feel lost or I feel kind of confused because 
I mean, when I had my whole life figured out, like I knew exactly where I was going, what I was doing. I knew how it would impact the future. And, and now I'm basically like, it's nice to have all this freedom and to basically choose the path that I want to choose. But the hard part about it is that there's times when I almost feel like I wish that I still had those things planned out. I wish that I was still doing basically all the same things that I was doing before. Um, or at least like, I wish that I knew what the future would hold. And it's, so it's like basically that, that level of uncertainty that is leaving me in this state of being kind of like lost and confused and right just yeah it's just like oh again it's just a weird it's a weird feeling a weird spot and a more so a weird time i guess for myself so when you were engaging in a relationship when when this plan was mutual it was really easy to be clear yeah and aligned and now that that's not there and just see i don't have that relationship to create alignment and to help me focus and now I feel in my body more how would you describe how you feel at this very given time yeah as we talk about this yeah um I don't, it like makes me anxious and makes my hands sweat a little and um, yeah. also basically makes me tense again yeah mm-hmm. so again as we feel this we just we just practice doing the same thing Mm-hmm. So I feel all these things and I move more to the experience of being aware of them. So it's now not that I am these things, but that I'm witnessing them. Step back and I'm just witnessing my body. Mm-hmm. And you just describe what that's like for you. Again, it's just... It's like this release and it just, it's almost like, it's kind of like I'm giving myself a nice pat on the back and just feeling like you're going to be okay. And I think it's, it's almost, it's like reassurance to some extent and just knowing that like, this is my life. There's, I don't need to, I don't need to change it in this crazy way or I don't need to basically think about the past so much more so just to live live in the present move move forward and try and just like take it day by day i guess if you will that's beautiful mm-hmm. and we can get more we'll get more into your i think we should st- i want to stay with this i'm still curious about this but as we as we just examine what you said you said that something about this stepping back creates a kind of acceptance a gentleness Mm-hmm. I would describe awareness as that it accepts everything that I think and feel and do. It's like perfect acceptance. Mm-hmm. So when I'm more in my experience, I can be judgmental. I can be angry at myself. I can be disappointed. But awareness, really the only thing it can do is sort of gently accept me. Mm-hmm. That's its only, uh, that's the only thing it can do. 
So in this way, we didn't have to, again, we didn't have to ask your mind to accept where you are because it probably won't. We didn't have to ask your feelings to stop feeling this way. We accessed a kind of perfect acceptance, a perfect state of awareness that's always okay with the way you are, mm -hmm. which means that you get to be okay with the way you are. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't feel settled, you can be at peace with yourself and you can be okay even with difficult feelings. Yeah, I think, I think one of the biggest things for myself is I always, I've always judged myself. Um, and I think it, a lot of that stemmed from hockey and from always be being held to a certain standard mm -hmm. and it kind of like instilled that in myself to be hard on myself with everything, like anything, yeah. whether it's school, whether it's other sports, whether it's work, whether it's the podcast, whether basically anything in my life. Right. So now it, it's like, it's hard. Like, especially when I go through something, that's when I see it come out the most. And I'm like, you're fine. Just move forward. Like you're good Take like step over it, stomp it on the ground and leave it behind. Like yeah. but it's, I mean, for me anyways, I always find it's impossible. And I think that's why I started being super transparent with what I was feeling and what I'm going through <laughs> because I think it's important to to talk about it and obviously that's why right. I do this and um yeah but I don't I think I've always just had such a judgmental basically or I just, I've just been so judgmental towards myself mm. and towards the things that I do towards the mistakes that I make and even towards all the things that I'm doing good, I always think, oh, well, you can do a hundred times better, even if it, maybe, it, maybe that was like the best that I could do, but it's, there's all like, I'm always like picking apart everything that I do and critiquing everything that I do. And it just gets to that point where it's, it's over, it's basically just super excessive. Yeah. And as you describe that you have this habit again in your, in your body, in your mind, what do you notice? So the sun is, yeah, the sun is a bit different. And it was, it just, this, I found this one just like made me speed up and get me kind of worked up. And I mean, it made me talk a bit faster, made kind of made my heart rate um, increase. And just, I mean, not, not so much tightness, but just, it makes me think a lot more for sure. It makes me think about every, every time that I've done that. And some of the biggest things that stick out to me or whatever right. it be, but. So it's really important that now you have a kind of contrast because you have relaxation. It's easier to see when you're getting elevated. That's not just your only normal speed. Now you have this other place. And so you can witness, Oh, this is actually more uncomfortable and sort of anxious. Mm -hmm. So again, as we just feel that energy or feel that anxiety arise or speed come up, we just relax back into the experience of being aware. And so long as we don't try and contain or hold or 
grab or focus on that energy, it's actually dissipating in our body. Mm -hmm. You describe it as a habit that you've learned over time. And the more you do it, like the more intense it gets. Mm -hmm. And now we're unwinding it because you're sharing it without actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And we can watch as it's actually unraveling or unwinding from your body. It's leaving you. And just see how you feel now. It could be anything. You're, how you are mentally, what, what your emotions are, mm-hmm. whatever stands out about your experience. Yeah. For me, it, just, it feels like just super weird because, I mean, I'm sitting down, but it feels like I just sat down. Like, it's that <laughs> feeling of it's like sitting, like you would need to sit down. And it's like, oh, I can just thank God. So like, I can let it all. Yeah let myself actually relax and let myself sit down and right. um, almost feel like more grounded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, when you talked about your anxiety, it was like you were actually coming up higher and higher in your body and you have more mental energy. And now you're actually coming back down into your body and there's a less mental energy, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is really important to notice is that, when we feel stress, what we tend to do is come up in our bodies. We tend to leave the ground and be more mentally focused. And as we learn to relax, we come back down and we can be even blank of mind. Mm-hmm. Really nothing to think about. So we can, this is really wonderful. And just as it's sort of a teaching principle, imagine that all of our lives are challenging. Mm -hmm. All of our lives are challenging and we respond the best that we can in the moment to the challenges, whether it's hockey or um, pressures of growing up or relationships with our parents, whatever it is, we do the best that we can, but we accumulate stress in the way that you've described. And what this leaves us is the feeling is like, like we're treading water. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I'm kind of talking about is actually learning how to float. It's like if imagine if somebody was treading water and you told them like you actually can float, but they didn't they didn't know that. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Like if I stop swimming, mm-hmm. I'm gonna sink. Something bad is going to happen. If I stop applying pressure to myself, if I stop thinking, if I stop being active, something bad's gonna happen. But imagine that you could teach that person just to really, you could show them and teach them how to float. Mm-hmm. That their body is a safe place. There's actually right now, there's no pressure. And if we think about what we're, there's no water right now, but there is awareness. And we can just imagine that our body is relaxing into awareness till it feels like our body's kind of floating. We don't actually have to hold tension. Mm -hmm. We can relax into the experience of being aware and gradually, slowly, whatever it is that we're tense about, our body can start to discharge or relax that energy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And how do you say you feel as, as you consider this? It's, this might sound a little odd, but it's almost 
it's almost like euphoric. Like I feel it, like I get what you're saying when you almost feel like you're floating. Like it, it just feels, feels like I just sit right back and then my body just, I, I don't, I don't know how to fully describe it, but euphoric is great. And if you actually float in water, you would find that that is euphoric. It feels great to float in water. We used to do, I used to do swimming lessons and treading water sucks. Treading water is a, unpleasant because if you stop treading water, you, you sink. So there's this pressure, not only are you working, but there's this tremendous like survival pressure. I remember when I was a kid, they used to say, have a suit for five minutes, but I, I never thought at those times to just, I mean, I guess I would have failed my swimming lessons. What if I just lay on my back for five minutes? Mm -hmm. I've been great. It would have been pleasant. Yeah. I would have actually been, I would have had more energy and been more well at the end of that exercise. I would have been fresher in mind and body. Mm -hmm. So we're learning how to float because there's really no need right now to think about things, to worry about things. We can see when those come up that it's okay to notice them, but there's nothing going on right now that really needs us to try and survive. Mm -hmm. And again, we just, I'll just open it up to you and you, you can share more about the things that are going on in your life or whatever mm -hmm. comes up for you, how you feel now. Um, yeah, there's, there's some things that kind of almost overwhelm me um, in a sense. I mean, I'm decently good at kind of keeping, I mean, there's like, there's a couple different topics I want to talk about, but one of them is that I feel kind of overwhelmed in some scenarios and it's typically to do or to do with the podcast and I am honestly like I'm pretty good at dealing with it um but there's days when I just think about where I want it to go and how I'm like so eager to get it to where I want it to be and mm -hmm. how I always like there's a million things that I want to do but I can't do a million things in a in a day because I just don't have the time <laughs> like yeah um, and there's people won't answer at all times and it's just it's difficult but yeah I just get I get overwhelmed with kind of the thought and the hopes of where I want it to go right and the I mean like I'm confident in it but at the same time there's there's so many there's so many different variables that come into play and I know I know how much effort it takes and I know that it's not easy to get it where you actually want it. And it can, right. can take so much time. And I just, I never, like, I don't know. Yeah. It just, it becomes overwhelming sometimes because I overthink absolutely. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I overthink absolutely everything, which is not healthy. Yeah. So what I heard you talk about, is that there's something that you really want. Yeah. Can you tell me just when you, when you feel in your body that you really want to do your best at this podcast or how would you describe it? Yeah. So the, I got to give it a bit of a backstory. And mm. so the first ever podcast that I filmed um, that wasn't my own. So it was with like basically the first story that I ever filmed with somebody else was 
It was probably the coolest thing. And I remember after the podcast finished, I, it just, it finished. And I was like, whoa, like this, this is the feeling that people talk about. It's like, when you know that you're passionate about something, this mm-hmm. is that feeling. And I just remember I ran, ran upstairs and told basically told my mom, like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do, but this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Okay. I want, and, I want, I want to, I was going to slow down and take pieces of it. Yeah. When you talk about being this excited and passionate, what do you feel? Excited and passionate. <laughs> Can you describe that? Where do you feel it in your body? In definitely like in my, in my chest, but in like a positive way. And right. <clears throat> even, especially when I speak, I just feel it as a as the words come out and right i would say you actually feel like bright like you you, if you couldn't smile bright enough you just have like eyes everything just a face feels really bright yeah right okay and yet day to day doing this thing that you're really passionate about sometimes you get more stressed Mm -hmm. can you tell me about that yeah it's again, it's that factor of holding myself to a certain standard and wanting to, to do everything to the best of my ability and wanting to basically just make it, make it work and make it that, make it that career and make it everything that I know it can be. And that's essentially what makes me or gets me so worked up sometimes is it's like that thought of, I mean, like I am good at dealing with this and I'm good at putting it aside, but there, the thought does come up about um, like, what if, what if I ruined this opportunity to make it like mm-hmm. what it can be? And so, okay. cause like all the passions that I have for it and where I know that it can go, what if there was something that I did that stopped that? Or what if, yeah. Yeah. And again, we check in with how does that feel? Kind of like bad. <laughs> it doesn't feel good in, in my in my stomach, especially. It just yeah. It's just because like I know because there's been things in the past that I've um, tried to pursue, and they were good ideas, whatever. But I would just life would come up, and I would just kind of push them aside, and I would say like oh yeah like i'll pick it up again like other time or i just basically push it aside and do something else and this is like the one thing um i mean there's so many different variables to it but this is one thing where i actually look at it and i just i know what it is and i know what it can do and how it helps people and i also I don't want it to be like another one of those things that's happened in the past where I've kind of like where life has gotten in the kind of gotten in the way or something new has come up and and then I push it off because for me how I look at it is this isn't just something that is for me like it it's for a lot of other people and that's the reason why I did it was for everyone else but now that this is here and now that I know that people rely on it and that they use it like they listen to every single podcast and they gain a lot from it. That's when it almost adds more pressure. Cause then it's, it's like, geez, like I really have to make sure I'm on top of it make sure I'm doing everything. And 
I mean, like I love doing it, so it's not a huge deal, but I know one of the hardest parts for me was in um, this, basically in the summer, end of summer leading up into basically December. Um, all right. Sorry. From September, September, moving into December, I was working a full-time job and doing this as well. So it's kind of like two full-time jobs and it, uh, it just, it became so overwhelming and there was so many nights that I had to stay up throughout the whole entire night so I could finish the stuff for the podcast because I had to work. And it's like, it was one of those difficult things. And that's just kind of where, what I don't want to have happen is basically have work overshadow this. And I mean, like I I pause you. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. And again, it's like we took a big mouthful and we need to sort of in somatic therapy or in what we're doing now, we need to digest some of the things that you say. Mm -hmm. So more isn't necessarily better. And there were lots of big pieces. When you describe this feeling in your belly, can you tell me a little bit more about what it feels like? It's almost the, like it's almost like butterflies. Look, when yeah. you go say on a date for the first time, and it's like, oh yeah, this person gives me butterflies. It's like when I talk about these things, it's like the exact same. They give me butterflies, but in not the best ways. It's like right. a form of form of anxiety, I would say for right. sure. Does it feel like I don't trust or I'm not safe? Or is it yeah. different? Honestly, like now that you, you bring it up. Yeah. And then it, yeah. And then it makes me think about like reasons why I maybe don't trust or don't feel safe per se. Well, it tells me that your, your body, your belly is actually telling the story of what it has experienced. Mm-hmm. And you said as much, you said, and there have been things that have happened to me in the past where it hasn't worked out. And in my belly, I'm holding a kind of a memory that I can't trust. You can fill in, you can fill in the rest of the sentence. What does your body, what does your belly remember that it's now imagining could happen again? Um, my mental health struggles. Right. For sure. Right. Yeah. Like I don't trust myself. Yeah. Okay. And just see if we can feel that. It's not something we need to move away from or fix. Mm-hmm. This is this is really important. And then as we feel it, again, we do the same thing. We just relax more into the experience of being aware. Kind of like we're soothing ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm carrying these worries, but more and more I'm starting to learn to soothe myself. Mm-hmm. And just see what happens for you now. Is there more you want to say, or how, you want to talk about how you feel? Yeah, I just. It's one thing that I've never, that I, I always, I've always like known, but I never really acknowledge it. 
and that's just how how my mental health struggles have actually like impacted my life how they've impacted my past but for me like the biggest thing is how I'm almost like to some to some degree like scared and it's it's because like I've, I've been through a lot and I I mean like yeah like I talk about it kind of like it's it's regular it's this thing that happened to me and whatever that's my story and totally open to always talking about it which I am but at the same time for myself I never really acknowledge what I what I feel with it and how mm. how like to this day there's still like a lot of things that I think I I just keep to myself and I don't really express all too much and my biggest thing is that I know how mental health is or like mental health struggles have impacted my life um, in various negative ways and my fear is that something will happen again and it it will get in the way of what I'm doing and what I'm pursuing and um, it'll, it'll end up hurting more people again. And, and that's even like where basically where it kind of goes to again is um, like relationships and dating and all that stuff. I mean, it comes into play there as well because in my past relationship, I, hurt her through my mental health struggles. And it was obviously, it's never easy to be with somebody that encounters deep mental health struggles. Yeah. But um, I think even just moving forward and um, it's like a reason why I, there's parts of me that hold back from even thinking about getting in another relationship and parts of me that basically just kind of not, isolate myself but I'm always hesitant and to some degree concerned about hurting others because of Mm -hmm. my mental health or like even just getting close to people because I don't want like if something was to happen or for me to kind of fall off the rails a little bit I wouldn't want to hurt more people and then Mm. then it's just like it's basically just a it's a personal personal battle that's constantly happening and I don't acknowledge it probably enough and something that I definitely push aside yeah because I I just think oh well I'm I'm doing what I'm doing and I shouldn't be struggling or I just have to look at all the positives in my life and just push this aside because it's one little thing but in reality I think it's a thing that's impacting everything that I do right Absolutely. It's very intelligent to say, it's very insightful to say this part of myself, it's not going anywhere. It's Mm -hmm. impacting every part of my life right now. You're being very honest. We're not running away from it. Mm -hmm. And just see how does it feel to just be with yourself and your belly now? You're not moving away from it. You're just here. Feels, it feels good. It's something that, I mean, just to express this, because I, I haven't openly really expressed it all too much. Um, so to actually just like flat out say it and express what I'm feeling and express everything, it just just feels like a bit of a weight off my shoulder. 
and it just feels right. Like it feels like everything that I, I had to do. Um, and it's what I needed to do is obviously, it's almost like calling myself out and yeah. <laughs> telling myself you have to basically confront it and yeah. figure out what needs to happen. And when you talk about relief, it's like I, I like I you know, weight off my shoulders. It's like I actually can sink down in my body again. Mm-hmm. It's this way in which I find myself like getting heavier and being more in my body. Does it feel like that to you? Yeah. Okay. So before what you were talking about, it felt like this. I have to go out and I have to do all these things and I have to work. And now we take that energy we allow it to dissipate and we relax. We come back down into ourselves. Mm-hmm. And while you're sitting here in your body, I want you to tell me again about the passion that you had the first time you knew this is what you wanted to do. Just mm-hmm. see what happens when you start to remember that again. Yeah. So do you want me to full, like explain what it did? To me, or am I? What is it doing to you right now? It just—it makes me happy. It makes me want to jump on my jump on my laptop and start sending off emails and start getting more podcasts lined up and start taking more steps. And so we talked about having a flashlight. That we this is what we do. We move between parts of ourself. First, I see this. Then I see that. And when I when I go to see something else, I have to leave something else. So this kind of focus, what it means is I choose between parts of myself. Mm-hmm. It's an inner struggle. Either I feel my passion or I feel my fear. And I really hope I can just stay with my passion and avoid my fear because my flashlight only picks one. But what happens if we just relax in the way that you're learning? We open and we feel both of them. They both exist. It's like we're holding them in the same experience. That your work actually has two elements. One is that you have a lot of drive and passion. And the other is that it's scary for you. Mm -hmm. What is it like for you to just embrace both of those qualities at the same time? It's almost like refreshing. It And sounds weird, but the reason why is because I don't think... I mean, it's like a good, I'm just acknowledging that it's a good scarce and it's something that, I mean, like a lot of people encounter it and a lot of people encounter this feeling and it's that feeling of, um, I acknowledge that I have something that I'm super passionate about and something that um, is doing a lot of good and basically the reason why I'm scared is because I want it to continue and I want it to keep doing what it's doing. And so mm-hmm. it's not a factor of, it's not a factor of me being scared that it's not going to work. It's just this, basically this, um, it's just like a good, it's a good scare. And I don't think I really ever looked at it like that. I think I was always looking at it in the negatives and being so, basically just so overwhelmed by it. And so um, almost like scared of being scared and just, I was, yeah, I don't know. It's great. And again, when we're scared of being scared, we tend not to look directly at it and learn about it. We don't learn very much when we're 
kind of like looking out of the corner at our eye at our feelings, hoping that they won't come to overwhelm and dominate our life again. But what I hear you talking about is that your passion is personal. Not only is it a mission for other people, but it, it comes from a place in you that you've been really affected by these topics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I like for me, I've, I've always been a very passionate person and a very uh, emotional person as well. And I think that's where it all comes into play as well with, with all of this is because I am so passionate about it. I am very emotional towards it. And that's why being able to look at my, the things that scare me in a different light is very refreshing because I know, I know exactly why I feel that way. And it's something that I never, never really clued in on before, but. Right. And, and how does your belly feel when you're not scared, when you're just acknowledging it, when you're just listening to yourself? A hundred times better. Okay. It feels relaxed. It, right. it, it's not tense. I don't feel, um, it doesn't feel like there's butterflies. It just, it's normal. It's yeah. natural. I would say right now, I don't feel like I don't trust myself. Mm -hmm. And why should I? Because I'm really here and I'm really listening. Mm -hmm. Really being honest. What's there not to trust? Yeah. So if we just feel our, again, if we, we'll come to the end of our session and we can talk more about what we're doing and, and you can introduce me some more, but we just feel this kind of alignment in your body between your belly and your heart and your face, this, this brightness in your face and passion or the desire in your chest. And then however your belly feels, we just feel them all at the same time. And as we do, we just, we just step back, we relax even more into the experience of being aware. And I want you to imagine a world where you actually act, where you behave, where you live, not from one part at a time of yourself, but from your whole self. What would your work be like if when you wrote those emails and you made your choices that you included all three of these parts of yourself, your whole self, how would it be different? I did. I think like I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily stress about them. And so the, the emails would be, I think they'd be written with a lot of, a lot of passion yes and also like I, I don't I just don't think they'd be filled with kind of some not that I my email this is gonna make me sound bad but um just the the things that don't necessarily need to be in the emails like I think I would make it a lot more personal and yeah I think I just it's like taking that step back and I would do that same thing with the emails and it's taking a step mm -hmm. back and sending a more personable email rather than um, it be solely based on what the podcast is and what it does. It's actually yeah. myself too. There's right? more of you actually in your work now. So we could say you'd be more authentic. Mm -hmm. 
there'd be more of like you in what you're doing? Do you think you'd be better at your job? Yeah, 100%. Because okay. I'd, I'd be more present. So we started by saying we're worried that it's not going to work out. Mm -hmm. By feeling our fear and really integrating that and including that, we've become better at your work. Before the strategy was like, I got to do more. I got to do more. But we didn't really get, we weren't really getting better at it per se. Yeah. But by actually acknowledging these things that are scary or difficult or uncomfortable, you've changed your life. Mm -hmm. Your work, the, the way that you work will never be the same. You're better at it. Yeah, exactly. And just because you just felt your body and, and acknowledged what was there. You didn't argue with yourself. You didn't overcome it. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about an, adve an adventure of self-discovery, I'm talking about a path where we just keep finding parts of ourselves to add. Mm -hmm. We're not treating symptoms to get rid of them. We're, they make up who we are. And again, you're you're teaching a podcast or you're doing a podcast about mental health. What could be more value than all the parts of yourself that have experienced difficulty? Once we don't control them and have to fight them and have we an inner conflict between them, but they can all work together in one place. Mm -hmm. They all can contribute. Mm -hmm. And all of those can be added to make your life richer to make you more effective, to make you more intelligent, to make you more authentic. Mm -hmm. This is the potential of this kind of work is to just continue to become more yourself. Yeah. More of who you actually can be rather than uh, what you do, what we do when we're left with stress after a life of difficulty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And again, are you, are you let now that you're relaxed and you're not stressed, would you say you've lost any of your passion for your mission? No, not even, okay. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> so when we started, you were really excited. Yeah. And now you're like this. What's the difference? What's changed? Just, I guess just more in the moment. And not, I mean, because I, this might be a little cliche, but before I was looking, I was looking so forward to what was coming in the near future. So I kept, was focusing so much on that and kept talking about that. But now I, now I'm just actually like in the moment and just being like acknowledging what we're talking about, really uh, basically cluing into how I'm feeling and how like it's making me think a lot but in a positive way and i think it's it's almost like it's kind of like reprogramming um the way that i respond to certain mm -hmm. things and um i i think i'm just i'm learning i've definitely I, i'm learning so much about what is bothering like what's actually bothering me and what is kind of where some of my thoughts and um, even the overwhelming parts of my life, where they kind of stem from. And yeah, um, I mean, I didn't really clue into it all that much, like I said before, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's very eye opening.
Yeah, that's beautiful. And I see it reflected when I look at you. I can I can just see you more resting in yourself. You feel more like it's you that's really here. I can feel you. And so our now when we talk, it more reflects the most human and important parts of you. And it draws that out of me. So as an interviewer, there's more of a sense of we're really we're really doing this. And I can hear it in your voice and the way you look. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So again, just like it was for me when I was a kid, this isn't obvious. Yeah. What we try to do is um, we try to change our experience. Mm-hmm. We tend not to try and understand our experience, feel our experience. Mm-hmm. And what that means is we, ne- we don't end up changing our experience very much. We skim along the surface. That's why it took me 12 years. I tried for 12 years after my father died to just, I tried every tactic to try and change things and skim along the surface. None of them worked. I did this one thing. I just really came into my body and I learned more and more about this experience of being aware. Everything in my life started to change. And once it happened for me, I just, like I'd failed. I'd had failure and repetitive failure for so long. I just never stopped. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, this is what worked. This is the, this is the thing that works. Mm-hmm. So for you or your listeners, no matter what parts of yourself you have that you're stuck with or you're burdened by or um, that are overwhelming to you, all of that can be transformed. All of it but not through judgment, not through avoidance, not through blame, not through trying to prove yourself to be good enough. None of that's going to work. And whether it's our culture in general or us as individuals, we get to learn a new way. Really humans haven't known before, at least not in our culture. We get to take, this is our, contribution to evolution mm-hmm. we get to develop this new skill set this new way of moving forward which really again is based on acknowledging relaxing and integrating integrating just i've used the word twice now integrating means there's a part of myself which is kind of outside of my awareness which i'm not paying attention to and i include it and now it's part of the mix it's part of my experience and at first it stands out but over time, it will relax. Just like if you put a drop of red food dye in a cup, at first, there'd be a, there'd be a cup of water and a blob of red food dye. But over time, that red would spread out everywhere. And as it did, it would move from tight, contracted, to open and fluid. And so in this way, we learn how to actually take the parts of ourselves which are scary to us, and we turn them into our solutions. We turn them into more of our potential by including them. What would be like, what would be an example of that? Like something that say would come into your, something that would be like the example of say the red, the red drop of food dye in a cup of water. Like what would that kind of look like in life? Imagine a river. Imagine a river that's got blockages in it, an interruption in the flow. And imagine 
that there's some sort of, as the water passes down the river, it can erode or break down the blockages. So that as the blockages go, there's more and more flow. Mm-hmm. Less kind of stuck places inside the river and more flow. We can imagine more water is going to pass down the river mm-hmm. with less pressure, more water with less pressure. So we can think of our, our body as a kind of flow of emotion, of energy, of motivation. What we're doing is we're clearing space for more of that sort of a natural flow. And so in a sequence, it's really natural what you said. You said, I'm really excited and there's a lot of flow. And then the next thing you tell me is, and there's a blockage in my belly that's actually stopping the flow. And you tell me the story of the blockage and we just use awareness to kind of dissolve it, to kind of relax it. And as we do, we go, wow, I feel more flow or, or, or just ease in myself throughout myself, more fluid. I feel more fluid, more natural, more effortless. When this can go, you can take this very, very far. Mm-hmm. You can take this very, very far until life feels very fluid very effortless, very natural and creative. Mm-hmm. And just as you described it as being euphoric, it can feel very good. It can feel very pleasant to just live in a state of flow where you just keep finding parts of yourself which are tense and you keep relaxing them to gain access to higher states of flow and personal potential. Mm-hmm which is also how it works in consciousness, higher states of consciousness are really just when we experience more integration in ourself and more flow, more uh, like I'm on the same page with myself, which makes life clear, Mm -hmm. makes life much more clear, less like a bunch of obstacles that I have to navigate through. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, like, in my life, I have always been like very fortunate for the opportunities that I've kind of had in front of me. And, um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of blockages, if you will, that have stepped in the way of, of me either embracing all those opportunities or just really living in the moment, living very Mm -hmm. present and, that's why I enjoy this and I enjoy new things that make me think in different ways. And um, I know that this is like, it's, it's really unique to, to obviously like think about yourself and think about the things that are things that are actually bothering you. And I mean, where, what trauma (laughs) has been in your life. And um, sometimes it's things that you don't always acknowledge and, I mean, even for myself today, it's acknowledging how my mental health still impacts my life on an every, like every given day. And it's something that I never really, never really noticed. And sometimes that's just the way that it is. Always. That's the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Always. It's my experience that we just keep finding out things about ourselves when we discover them. And we're like, that's obvious. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it was outside of our awareness and it was working on us unconsciously. And it's in the background, stopping our 
potential blocking our life until it's not in the background anymore. And then as it relaxes, it transforms and it's not a block anymore. Yeah. So just in general, life is challenging. Life is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And you could think about trauma or blockages as like bad technique. You know, if you do something that's really hard and you end up with kind of like leftover bad technique, injuries and bad technique from a challenging life. Mm -hmm. And you played sports and sports, you don't break down your technique in a game because there's too much pressure. Things are moving too fast. That's why you have practices. In practices, you really reconsider your jump shot or how you skate or how you move your body. Mm -hmm. And you get to actually see what am I doing? Because there's no pressure. You don't have to perform. So therapy or this kind of therapy is a practice space. We don't have, we're not here to actually accomplish anything. We're not here to, to really uh, do anything in particular other than just really see how we are, our kind of living technique as a human being and really find the places where it's not working and acknowledge them rather than avoid them. Yeah. And then we get better technique. Mm -hmm. We move more and more towards mastering ourselves and being able to express our potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I know there's a million things I could, could always say. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I love, I love this approach to it. And I, I love actually basically taking that step back and, being aware, like, I mean, just being aware of what I'm actually feeling and why I'm feeling those ways. And um, basically just unraveling every situation that's happening and mm -hmm. ask, basically asking myself, why, like, why is this happening? And how is it affecting me? And how do I feel now? How can I avoid feeling that way? How can I basically just reground myself or become more aware and where I'm at and what I'm doing. And yeah, I think I, it's really, it's really unique and um, definitely beneficial. And I mean, this whole session has been super beneficial for myself. And again, like I, I didn't think I would kind of pick apart my, like some of my things in that sort of way. And it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. I'm, yeah, I'm really, I'm really uh, happy. Yeah. Everything that it did unravel. Awareness can see everything really clearly without needing to pick it apart. Mm -hmm. It's ability to really be truthful and honest with ourselves and to accept and love ourselves at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then we look more and more, we lose the need to be judgmental, to apply force to ourselves, to tell ourselves to be different. And more and more we use actually gentleness, understanding, which comes from awareness to just be with ourselves as we are. Mm -hmm. And to that end, I have uh, on my website, if you go to my website, maybe you'll link it for the podcast. If you go to my website, you, I have a bunch of meditations that the exercise that we started with, which really are a way about in introducing awareness to your body. Mm -hmm. It's a way to teach yourself how to float. To yeah. tell yourself that there's really no pressure right now. Mm -hmm. That in the past, 
there's been overwhelming experiences and that leaves you with stress. But right now, when you tune into awareness, there's no pressure, which means you can begin to unravel. You can begin to relax and you can learn to do that as a way of life. Mm -hmm. The good news is that there's always awareness, which means that in every moment you can relax, not just because something you like happens or something that's good happens always. And I encourage everybody, if you're interested in this, try the exercises that I have on my website and see where that takes you. Mm-hmm. No, I'll 100% link them. And um, I know that I'll be scrolling through it the whole entire time as well. And I'll be doing some of them, some of the, obviously following all the different techniques and different meditation forms. And I'm, yeah, honestly, like I'm just, I'm forever grateful for you coming on and for you sharing all of this and actually doing a live session with myself. It was Mm -hmm. something that I I've been obviously eager to do for quite some time now and to actually do this and to prove that professional help is nothing to be ashamed of. It doesn't show any form of weakness. It's not always because of you're going through the craziest things. Sometimes it's just a new way to better, to better yourself and better your mindset and better where you are and even just unravel some of those struggles that you may have and mm-hmm. some things that basically some barriers that might be standing in your way. And I, uh, yeah, I, I will always, um, I'll definitely like always harp on people to, to do this and to try it and to even have a conversation with you, maybe reach out to you and, I, yeah, like, I just, I can't thank you enough. It's been, it's truly been captivating and is, has definitely changed my outlook on, on a few things. I, I discovered this because some people were ahead of me and had taken this very far and were able to show me and it changed my life. And I am, it's my mission in life to pass it on just, just in the same way as it's your mission. And again, just as you're saying, Therapy, when done publicly, is very courageous and beneficial. I think it's wonderful because we all we all have blockages. We all carry stuff from the past. It's nothing to it's nothing to it's not personal just to you. It's the whole human race. It's all of us because life is challenging, and the more that we can just acknowledge that publicly, the more we can make it safe for people to acknowledge it in themselves. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that you're willing to do this session. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I think even just another thing that I, I never really thought of before was doing this live session. And by that, I mean, I never, I never thought that I would share or even just possess this type of vulnerability where like, I'm actually open to talking about my own life in this extent and talking about the things that are truly bothering me today. And I mean, even right before I came on, I was, I was thinking about it and how basically you, you always hear about the, basically the, the patient doctor confidentiality. And so I I was thinking about that and I was like, she's like, this is, this is crazy to me because I am 
basically throwing that right out the window and just talking about whatever. And I mean, but that's like, that's the cool part about it is um, it just really is going to show people that like what a session's really like and Mm -hmm. how it's not this, this scary thing. And yeah, you basically put your mind in ups and downs and you kind of, you target the things that are bothering you or the things that are on your mind and you target the reasons why, but then you also like using your techniques and you get to really take a step back and just be aware and be conscious of where, where you are at and basically what you are doing and what's bothering you and what isn't. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very beneficial. Yeah. And I'm not a, I'm not a doctor with a lab coat and you're not a patient really. We're just two human beings really using our ability to relate, to connect about what's real and important to try and find a way to feel good, to feel Mm. like we, to find a way through this, life in the best way possible absolutely yeah and people who are coaches or teachers are really people who are just maybe they're they started a little earlier they're a little further but they're we're always learning Mm -hmm. this is a learning intensive process yeah so you and i we've learned today we've grown and learned through the experience of being able to relate Mm -hmm. and again all of us can benefit from that and again that's why i love my job because i get to learn and grow Mm -hmm. through my work Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's that's what's awesome and that's why you're here that's why i'm here is because we're we're so passionate about this topic and i mean for me that's always been something that's been on my mind for a while and i was was really happy to to get some of the stuff off my chest because it's it's not always easy um holding it all in and keeping it to yourself and um that's why i was excited about this but also like now it's it was so beneficial for me is because um there are some things where like just with within the podcast where i was talking about it being overwhelming and how i just wanted to really target target that and target that feeling and kind of figure out why and it's always like that factor of why and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just being able to really, really figure it out and um, know that I can continue to keep like seeing what bothers me and know how I can actually change yeah. that and know some of the proper steps to take. I think it'll, um, I think it'll definitely alter my overall life and even just value of of life and value of situations. I in uh, I keep watching the time because in a couple of minutes I'm meeting with another person. Oh, who, sorry. Yeah. Well, it's okay. You don't know another person who we're going to ask why mm-hmm. and discover. We don't think about the answer. We actually find out. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to say, I'll we can stay in touch. And if you ever want to have me back on the podcast, I'd be happy to. And Absolutely. I'll find whatever way I can to support you and. Uh, if any of your listeners have any questions for me, you can reach out to me. And again, I encourage you to try the exercises and see if they work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one one hundred percent. And I would, I would one like, I've always wanted to to do something. And maybe we'll chat about this a bit more. But where, um, a like pretty regular occurrence where we could do like a topic and 
it could be either another live session or it could be something, even just talks or have almost kind of like a, a Q and a sort of thing where it's basically you answering these from a professional standpoint, because I mean, I could answer them with my best ability, but it might not be, might not be as educational. So, um, I mean, we'll, we'll figure something out, but let's, let's take a little time and, and, uh, any ideas. I I love the inspiration and I'm, I'm open to anything. So we'll talk about it, Lucas, but I should, I should go. And, uh, thank you to all your listeners. If you made it all the way through this, I hope you got something out of it. Yeah, for sure. Take care. Awesome. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. I hope everyone enjoyed having Blaze on and I hope you enjoyed a -a one-of-a-kind podcast today. I was so happy to do this and so happy to shine a light on the fact that it's okay to seek professional help. Blaze's professional help is definitely something that is out of the ordinary but very beneficial. So I hope you can reach out to him and if you also want to reach me or come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at Struggle Creates Strength on both Instagram and Facebook. Or you can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and additional posts are posted on Instagram as well. Thanks so much for listening, and just remember that everyone has a story. Uno, dos, tres.